Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown Podcast, live on Red Army Radio. My name is Johnny, I'm with Elliot and Dana as always, and we chat about Millsville Football Club. Um, if you're if listening to us on the, on the Apple Podcasts and the, you know, SoundCloud and all that, thank you very much for joining us again. Um, let's chat about the Borough guys, let's chat about the mighty Borough losing 1-0 against Cardiff, um, a result which I think we pretty much all predicted really, it was more or less a we wouldn't we thought we'd get beaten. We actually did. So I think I, didn't I say a draw? You did say a draw. I think yeah. You guys said we, did, um, we said draw and we one all. I said one nil. Yeah. Ah, see, first one of the season. I was there. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you predicted it right. I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, see, so you were quiet about it, weren't you? So I, normally when Dan is right, I'll hear about it for the next <laughs> week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm surprised Dana can still speak after Ariana Grande this week. Oh yeah. Well, let, I'm a, well, I can see it with your, your jumper on. Yeah. Your, with your merch. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, let's chat for it. Um, let's chat. Not sponsored by Ariana Grande. Yes, uh, disclaimer: we're not sponsored by Ariana Grande, although we would like to be. We would. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's chat, Um So, one 0 defeat against Neil Warnock, who I hate. Um, an own goal by Ashley Fletcher. Eleven shots, no on target. Dinner. Easy question: Were Middlesbrough unfortunate not to win the game? <laughs> well, <I laughs> we'll not take we... anything from it because we were poor. Well, Jonathan Woodgate said that um, we deserve to come away <laughs> from the game with something. Obviously, I didn't watch the the full game. I think Borough did me a favour by not putting the full ninety back on the uh, on the highlights. Uh, sorry, on the website. But I watched a, a little ten minute highlight package, and we looked we looked really bad, to be fair. And I think it's inexcusable to have no shots on target. Um, like, fair enough if it's against Manchester City, you hold your hands up and you say, "Well, fair enough." Um, but without being disrespe- disrespectful um, to Cardiff, you know, they're not a million miles away from us in terms of level. And you have to be getting a shot on target against them. It's Like I said, it's inexcusable for for us not to. And essentially, we defeated ourselves with that uh, own goal. So well done, Bora. That's quite impressive. I know. Well, we did actually score. It was just an own goal, actually, Fletcher. Mm. Uh, Elliot, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, don't do your Je- Stephen Jarrett uh, impression. I would. <laughs> <laughs> um... How would how out of ten? How good was that on goal? 
it was a good. It was a really good finish, actually. Uh, I wasn't expecting you to say that at all. Uh, it was a good finish. Um, if you've done it at the other end, then I'd have been loving it. Um, so I'll go strong eight out of ten. But what, what was he doing though? Like, what honestly? What was he thinking? It was good body body position. Uh, good position. I thought he uh, right at the front post. Good glancing header. I think nine times out of ten, you you start celebrating those goals, but it just didn't happen, did it? But the real question I was actually going to ask you was um, change of shape. Uh, obviously, we played three at the back. I think. Which we actually, I think I fully predicted. I was actually over the moon with that. I even put it in the group. I was absolutely delighted. Um, but went to three at the back, three five two. Um, would you keep the shape? I know we've been chatting about it in the past, where we've been saying, "Oh, one Millsworth might be suited to that formation." But eleven shots didn't really get one on target. We didn't actually look like scoring in the game at all. To be honest, I thought we would we would pretty dreadful. But um, would would you keep the shape? Uh, it's hard to kind of gauge um, with obviously. I didn't really, I didn't watch the match as well, um, so it's hard to maybe say after one game. Um, I think it's probably suited to away games. Naturally, you just say we're kind of going three at the back. Um, you know, we're maybe not creating many chances. Maybe not the best opportunity if you want to go and actually win games. Um, you want to be playing a formation and style that allows you to create opportunities. And if we're not doing that, then it's not really working. But um, I don't think it's it's time to get rid of it just off one game. See how it goes. Um, in some other kind of future away games, it seems like he might be doing it against stronger opposition away from home. So it was. I mean, I, I agree. I think like um, it was coming that uh, a three-five-two. I think it was a strong move from Woodgate to kind of match them physically. But Ayala came out and said that we went long and direct at, uh, during the game, and I don't know, understand why. Because against Cardiff, that's bread and butter stuff for them. It's basically playing into their hands <laughs> and. You know, if you go along against a side with Aidan Flint and Sean Morrison as your centre backs, you know, what are we exactly trying to do there? Yeah, you're meant to be using the the sort of two wide players to be getting in behind them. Really, if you're playing a three-five-two, there's no point going along. So, but then again, it goes back to this thing that I said yesterday: is I still don't think we've got pace. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I'll, actually, funny enough, watched the game so. <laughs> the only you. one that did yeah <laughs> unfortunately 90 minutes I'm never going to get back um, but to be honest I thought the actual game itself it was I was speaking to Yaf before before this and it was more or less of we matched them physically the game was poor we didn't really create anything it wasn't the most exciting game of football um, and across the championship there's no real like, apart from like, I would say not your standard top five as most teams play very similar than the rest of us pretty much what me and Yaf were trying to talk about but the actual game itself and the whole 90 minutes I just didn't think that we were ever going to score it doesn't matter the whole 11 chances we had it never looked like scoring a bunch, uh, bunch of we, we were just poor the, we were too slow moving the ball It was we actually did go direct in the end it was, for me it was absolutely it was mind boggling because like you, like you said John Morrison and Edith Flint they towered over Britain Fletcher the more physical and yes Fletcher did score a fantastic glance in Edda but it was in his own net so it he, he did Edda's Flint job for him you know what I mean so it's uh, I don't know um, I was like a little bit disappointed but I think there was one big disappointment for me you know it was George Savile for me and I'm not going to shoot I, I don't want to like slay him completely um, but I think that he's not in the right position and if he's played in like more an advanced role throughout his career, then he's never going to want to track back. So when we play him in, if we play him in a defensive position, he's going to like try and sit there. He won't really press. If he plays an attacking position, he won't really press because he's not that type of player. So then I'm starting to think, well, 
what does George Savile really do, to be honest, um, if he's not in his right position? Because he hasn't really done much yet. And I, he's been on Riverside for about, a bit of Riverside for about a year now. And I, I'm, still, I'm still waiting for him to produce for me. And it's just taken so long for him to do it. And I don't know, man. Like it's it, it's frustrating, and I don't know who. Like if I'm in a position between Lewis Swing and George Savile, you think, oh well, maybe I pick Lewis Swing. But then Lewis Swing's being crap. So it's like, like who would you go for? Like, Do you think, um, from when you're saying that with Savile, then that he's kind of someone who should be playing in a hole necessarily, where they don't have as one. much responsibility on them to to press in the style that we want. So then when they pick up the ball, they're literally turning and then picking out the next best pass or someone running down the wings is that where you think yeah, he I fits into so. it? I would say so yeah. I think I think number 10 is probably the best thing for him and I think a number 10 is where probably Middlesbrough should go down um, and try and hopefully get one in, in the window If you, unless you're going to play Marcus Brown there because Marcus Brown was actually number 10 um, but in terms of George Savile it's like well if he's not performing now then we're going to have to try and flog him in January like it's no disrespect to him but if you're not delivering now and you're not wanting to be part of the press and you're not wanting to like don't get me wrong, he, he he has qualities and you can see the qualities that he has. And he can be quite he can be quite a tidy footballer, but he's not suited to what we're trying to do. And he wasn't he was never suited un, under Tony Pulis. He was never he's not he's not suited under the um Gary Monk. So I I'm inclined to agree with you there, and I think um I think maybe Johnny Housen's probably the only other player who could do it with McNair. Mm-hmm. Um so I think if you're not gonna play Housen there, I know he probably hasn't had the opportunity yet because he's had been injured and he's had to use him at right back. Um, then a four-two-three or might be best because you know you're going to put someone in the hole, whether that be Savile, um, Brown, uh, someone else that you sign, and then you've got um, McNair who's going to act as kind of a box-to-box midfielder, and then Clayton's going to be the one where, in a sense, he'll do the same job as he did when he was with um, Ledbetter. So it was it was based on the. Um, kind of collection we've already got in midfield. Um, because if you ha- if you're having a four three three, you need both of them to be super athletic and and to be pressing constantly. And there's only McNair doing it, so it makes us imbalanced. So. It's not working that third midfield yeah. position, is it? I mean, yeah. we've said about wing, he's not been performing this season. Savile the same. I get the thing with the high press, but I think against Cardiff, when they don't play the ball along the floor necessarily, it's not. There's no point in pressing mm. against them. Um, but I, I do agree about Savile. I think this was the season that I thought he would kind of really stick a claim for his, his place in the side. And although it's it's been, what, two starts, I think, we still haven't seen any anything in those two games. And it's it's disappointing, especially because of that Millwall game. We all were kind of hoping and expecting him to perform, given that that was against his former club, and he just he didn't. And um, we're kind of left now with more questions and answers. And, I mean, that shouldn't be the case, considering that he's been here for quite a substantial period of time now I think for me now I think there's a I would I know I would if I was Woodgate I would know my three I think if he's going to stick with a 4-3-3 I would know my three and it'd be Clayton McNair and Housen and yep. he'd put Dick Steele um, at right back for yep. me I think Dick Steele was actually very very good um, in, in the Cardiff in the Cardiff game um, he's improving every week which is which is actually quite nice to see um, the one kind of the one thing I was a bit peeved that was seeing Johnson left wing back because it always looked like they were going to get on that right hand side and he's not like he's not a, he's not a wing back. I'm surprised we didn't start Baller because I think I would add nice. I don't I'd get like that, one. Whenever, that whenever we switch to a wing back formation, it's always that Johnson fills in there and I don't 
get it. He's one of our main yeah. threats. Because it gives why. you an outlet. That's why it's, it's yeah. the reason why he's done it. Because he can whip a, whip a ball in the box, and he's probably better off. It's that risk, risk versus reward, though, isn't it? It's kind of depends what you want to do, though, isn't it? Yeah. If you want him, I don't know. If you want him up there, he's more of a threat. And if you if you're gonna ask him to kind of fill in defensively as well, is he gonna is he gonna do it at the best of his abilities? Well, he has played there before for for Oxford. I think that's uh, another tick in his box. Really, he played left back as well. At, at, certain points so I think that's probably what's going for him and, and it's probably why um, Woodgate's gone for it but I think if you were to have a toss up between Bowler and Johnson for left wing back then I would kind of like to see Mark Bowler play there ahead of him I know, I know that Johnson's been good this season so maybe that was in Woodgate's thinking but um, I think Bowler over Johnson for me for left wing back Team Bowler um, to be fair he should, he should play left back though that's his natural position uh, for me and I think we probably see that when we play against Sheffield uh, Wednesday on Saturday, I think we'll revert back to the four-three-three, um, and hopefully we we'll put Housen in the midfield and just try and. I think it would make more sense because Housen is that box-to-box midfielder. You know, if he's, is he going to be back? Well, he you know? said he's fit. Okay. In, term, in terms of, I think it was Woodgate's press conference. All all three minutes of it was. Uh, he pretty <laughs> <laughs> he pretty much said that Housen knocked in his door last week and said he wanted to be fit. Yeah. He, he was in the team, so. But with that three-five-two, I still think it it could work for us but maybe not now I was thinking the other day that maybe we do need a few more additions we need to obviously address um, the midfield position we could potentially have um, or a 3-4-3 three, three as well um, we we still need more pace um, I think we could still do with more pace in the January transfer window and um, I don't think that's the end of 3-5-2 I think it was just the application of it as well um, by all accounts it just it didn't quite click isn't it crazy, by the way, that now we're thinking that the additions in January should be a centre midfielder when last year <laughs> it was anything but a centre midfielder? A centre, midf- a centre midfielder, FC, you know what I mean? Yeah, how, how times change, yeah. <laughs> now, well, what's the question? Well, the question I actually wrote down was, and the reason why I've said it is uh, Pochettino, when Spurs lost last night to Colchester in the Carabao on penalties, he said, oh, well, we've got a bit of like unrest and I can't wait till January to like put, get the fixes right. So he's looking to January already to strengthen Tottenham, even though the record at the minute is absolutely horrendous away from home. And I can't believe it. That he's, Bears and United is very, yeah. very weird away from home. Yeah. Well, it's I think Oli will get sacked soon, I think. Uh, Poch could, could, could take over. Uh, well, if you think about it, he's not... I mean, he's been close to success, but he hasn't. He hasn't got it. Yeah, I think, I think it. I think Potter should go to probably. I think he'll end up at like Barca or something. Me, I think he'll end up some somewhere around there. Uh, mm. Just he didn't go to Real Madrid because he used to play for Espanol. So you know, yeah. politics and all that kind of fun stuff. But mm. in terms, what well, the point I was actually going to make um, is actually uh, just uh, just uh, actually I've got a good good question to ask you after this question, but. Um, who should Mills be, look, be looking for in the transfer market? Or should we should we already be looking to to try and replace the deadwood that we have? And in terms of the additions, what positions would you like? I appreciate you've just said centre midfield, but are we lacking anywhere else? I think definitely that we we should be looking. If you, you know, if you're saying Pochettino's looking at every manager's probably planning, you oh, know, right, have to be yeah. have to be planning for the future. Um, yeah, I think that centre midfield position, um, another striker. Mm. Um, because there's going to be moments when they're either going to get injured or burn out. There's, there's only two that, that I know. I, I love Rudy, and that I don't. Yeah, but, you do. Yeah, um, yeah you do. He's gone <laughs> in January, or at least he's never going to to really feature for us until his contract runs up, um, and he rinses them at the club of more money. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so I think striker, centre midfield. Um, 
potentially just some, some other wide player whether they could you know play um in defense or or midfield just with pace um it'd be my top three maybe another ball playing center back as well i think if we are really going to push on with this yeah. style of play then we can't have daniel ayala putting it along every five seconds i mean yeah. when you've got ayala in the side yeah fair enough he's you know he can be a class defender on his day but you know you're going to get long ball from him i think ayala and shot have improved but Shotton's been good, to be fair. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. look, I like I like them, but I hate them at the same time. It's it's a love hate relationship with it. Ayala, really is. It? Oh, like, so if, honestly, you had, if you had somebody else, um, I mean, I think I think when Danny Bart was here, he was but he's a really good defender. Type, he's the same type of defender, but, though. Yeah, but I think I don't know. If that's I mean, if there's someone else here, you'd you'd pick them over if them. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like you have to pick up the two of them, really. So yeah, I think in centre back, so I think you need like. A psychopath, and you need a ball play and centre 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 back. But no, you do with all you need. Someone who's going to kick, oh, kick no, I agree, yeah. out of someone, and then yeah, uh, yeah. Ah, see, see, he censored it this censored week. It this week. <laughs> um, Not even edited. I know, yeah. See, I didn't even edit the last one. <laughs> As you can see, was a five minute of big bug. <laughs> um, you need like the good partnerships, though. Really, like the, all the great partnerships have, like a ball play and centre half, and a, a tough one. Um, Van Dyke and, and Matip really was a prime example and you've got it was Vincent Company and Stones and Stones would play out so you kind of have like the obviously Stones is horrendous well not horrendous he's just I don't know less of the better I guess but um, I think you need that you need the, the diversity within that but also you need it throughout the team as well you need like team of leaders really and when I look at the Middlesbrough team it kind of falls back to what Gary Neville was saying about Man United like how many leaders do Middlesbrough have like, and if you're a young player coming through like who can you really look up to like You've got Johnny Olsen, you've got... I think the person who really embodied it was, was Grant Ledbetter. Grant mm. Ledbetter would put anyone in line. Well, that's and I, I mean. can't think we've, we've had anyone since Grant Ledbetter. Did that then? I think so, yeah. I think when you I think when you kind of think um, when he first left and that, you think, oh, well, George will step up and do it, or Randolph, or, or Clayton and stuff. But I don't know, if you're not that type of person, uh, you might be a little bit more, you know, you can, you can tell someone to do something, but Grant literally... You know, he was literally going over to players, and we struck know, gold with Grant, didn't yeah. we? I remember in the the playoff, uh, no, it was the promotion season. It was his house they all went to yeah. to kind of galvanise them, and he's supremely professional in every single like yeah, interview. Exactly, yeah. you, you see, he's very straight to the point, but he doesn't seem he's very emotionless in some yeah. of them. Actually, I miss Grant so much. <laughs> yeah, I think to be that type of person, you do have to be kind of dull don't you really emotionless and just I don't, need to be, I don't need to be dull I think you just need to be like Roy Keane was a great example I was just Every, sure, I was everyone thinking Roy Keane was in my head, absolutely yeah. petrified of Roy Keane like yeah, they still are now which yeah. it baffles me like when he <laughs> and it was hilarious when he said to Jamie Carragher he was like well Jamie you haven't won a trophy like the Premier League and <laughs> Jamie Carragher's face was, like, was, was priceless going, but like Jamie Carragher was crapping himself because he, he knew fine well that Roy Keane would kill him. Like, it doesn't. <laughs> but that's the respect that you need. Yeah, and yeah. It's like the respect with like Mourinho as well. Like he has that respect. Like, there's. Mills, I think Mills would do lack a couple of leaders in, in, in that position. So it's kind of seen, well, well I've seen Dale Fry <coughs> as captain at 21, 22. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. It doesn't seem it's like. It's unreal that it's, he's captain. Yeah. Like, it makes me proud like, that he's, he's from Borough. And, like, obviously, you've got Nathan Wood coming through and you've got like, two Borough centre halves and be class. But, like, should he really be captain? Should is there not someone else who could like take game? I feel like I feel like when you and help you when you're down. You know what I mean. I feel like when you're that young, um, unless you have you know you 
come through and you're just naturally that type of person. If you're that young and someone else makes a mistake, so say Mark Baller makes a mistake or even Clayton makes a mistake, especially if it's somebody older than him. You know, If Clayton makes a mistake in front of him and it leads to a goal, is Dale Fry going to say something to Clayton? I, I personally, I, I think he wouldn't. Big Daz does though. But, but do you know what I mean? Because I think he'd know, especially if you're 21, and, and I think back to, he hasn't made many mistakes, but that was that big one against Norwich, was it the other season, what Dale Fry made, and it was kind of a big case made of it. He'd think back, well, I've made mistakes. And regardless whether he's made mistakes or not, he has to be the one that, if he's captain, he has to call people out on it, essentially. Do you know what I mean? I, mm. I don't feel he's that way about yet, or whether he's going to be. Um, so, there we are, missing the leader. Being linked away with a £20 million move to Manchester City in the, in that, the papers yeah. today. He's in, very yeah. Man City signing in that sense. Mm. Would you Would you sign twenty mil? You mean would I let him go for twenty mil? Twenty mil, uh, Manchester City. Yeah. Like if you're if you're if you're in the board or like you you sanctioning the transfers, would you? Every, every <sighs> team every team has its price. Yeah, I feel like they probably would for twenty million. I feel like it's probably a fair price. You w- you wouldn't want. We don't want to see Dill go. Really, you do have price, to, you do have two subpar centre half. So yeah, and then it's like you've got to spend. You've got to reinvest some of that money in it and a centre mm. back or two. Um, so well, the the money would help, wouldn't it? I think we still need a few positions to strengthen, which is what we've alluded to just then. So I mean, twenty million is. Um, I mean, we're not going to blow it all on average players like we have done in the past but all on black I'd hope so (laughs) (laughs) but like you I mean we we do have some positions that need strengthening I think Fry is like you said every player has its price has the price so um, I wouldn't although I don't want to see him leave would it be a good move for him so you don't I know you didn't want to see him leave but would it be a good move for him in the short term probably not because obviously you won't gain straight away but um, learning under Pep Guardiola I think is Invaluable, isn't it? It's priceless. Stuff. I was saying it last night, and we were, I was in a conversation with my mates about it actually. Um, hence why I probably brought it up. But I just, I just think that Chris, me and Chris were saying, like, Jack Rodwell, prime example, mm. moved, did nothing. Fabian Delft could have done so much more. Didn't. Phil Foden's getting no minutes at all um, when he should be playing. Then you've got Jaren Sancho, who was just who, who openly said, I'm leaving, and then went to Dortmund, and, and now he's, he's in the England squad and he's flying. So it's like it might not even be a good move for him, even if he did move, and even if it was twenty million. Or to borrow to say, like, look, he is a prize asset here, yeah, and we we we're trying to build a team around him. So, but it's on the player, isn't it? I guess. I think I think yeah, it's case by case. Um, there's cases to say when players have moved too early, um, but also, I mean, I do agree. I think that Phil Foden could easily get in in Man City's team um, if there wasn't people like De Bruyne in front of him. But um, I also think it's it's good that maybe he isn't thrown in because it, it gives you that time to learn I think without the responsibility and get physically up to speed he isn't he isn't that physical way about as in Kevin De Bruyne and, and Bernardo he's Silva so technically gifted he, 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 he still Incredible. looks he still looks very young um, and whether he's there or thereabouts in terms of physicality yet whether he's grown to his full potential um, I know it's a bit different with Dale Fry because I'm I, What's the age difference? I think is Phil Foden nineteen, maybe, and Dale's twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dale's probably there or thereabouts now, and he's he's a, a big lad anyway. Um, so <laughs> a lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you're there at physical, if you're there at that uh, physical peak anyway, not peak, but you know, you you've hit where you're going to get to, type of thing, um, in height and and weight wise. 
then you you need to be kind of playing. So if he if he went there, I think it'd be a bad move. But I think if it was eighteen, and he was moving, I think it'd be a good move because he's he's got the time to learn under Pep Guardiola while still not being actually ready for a first team anywhere. He'd only be really thrown at the first team at Borough because he's probably the best centre half at eighteen. That, that, you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. the difference on case by case basis. So well, I hope I hope obviously I don't hope we we uh, get rid of him. But if we do, you don't want him to go down the route of Ben Gibson who. I think was looking earlier. He's made one appearance for for Burnley. That was on Wikipedia, so that's not reliable. But he's still not still not got in that that Burnley side, which is such a shame because obviously you know you want to see, well at least I want to see, you know, Borough lads do well um, once they leave the club, and it's just not happened for Gibson. And um, I think what uh, Dill Fry said that you know he wants to be in the Premier League with Middlesbrough, um, but we'll see what happens. The usual kind of um, talk that players come out and say when they're being linked with the club basically yeah i just read it is if we don't go up then yeah a that, that's, that's what always gibson was like you, you couldn't you can't expect people to stay around if you know if they are better than where the club is currently at then yeah more than free to leave and fans aren't aren't upset about that um if you know it's like us if we got an opportunity to move out of middlesbrough um for you know a higher price and it, it all makes sense and you know, your family wants to go and so on then you go, you achieve your potential in a sense, um, and like you say, you want them to do well. So it's the same, the same with Dill really. You know, if we don't get out of the championship, and you know he feels like he's good enough to play at a higher level, and he wants to challenge himself, then, then so be it. I mean, he might not make it to the top, but he may as well at least try. Yeah, you might as well give it a try. Yeah, I think he's a good ball player, ball playing centre half. Um, my prediction for January though is I'm tipping shot into goal, and Ben Gibson to come back on loan at the end of the mm-hmm. season. That is that could be a good shout, Mystic Johnny. I do forget that Shotton was almost going to go back to Wigan. Oh, to be fair, he should have. He mm. sh- if we could have got someone in, he, sh- he should have went. Um, don't get me wrong. I think Ryan Shot- back now. We'd probably you well, want him in well, the team yeah. over Ryan Arthur. So yeah, it's, uh, you, you do. I think Shotton's improved quite a lot over like the last couple of weeks, and you know he had a terrible preseason, terrible start of the season as well. So it's I'm glad he's starting to improve again um, and show his worth, but. And fair, so fair play to yeah, him, obviously, play if you know you're kind play, of linked yeah. away and stuff, it's uh, it's good to kind of come in and be professional. And yeah, I like best. shots, I do, but it's just like, I'm not saying like work and attract loads of players because we can't anymore, we can't attract anyone. We're like, it was a millionaire and a billionaire's game, it's like, we're not going to be able to do that anymore. So it's like, if we get rid of shot and okay, say Gibson comes back on a loan deal, but like, who else are you going to really bring in? Like, in all honesty, there's like, there's not. Many, unless you, bang average, maybe bring Christian Burgess back from who plays Portsmouth. Played all right last night, even though got beat for one nil. But like, I was just saying, like if you're looking down, if you're looking lower in the leagues, that. Yeah. Uh, my, I think what, the, what one, that is the route we're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- go one on. that usually always used to crop up was uh, Matt Clark, but then he went to he went to Brighton, didn't he? And he kind of fits that. Mm-hmm. He's at Derby now, isn't he? On oh, is he at Derby? Okay, yeah. right. So. I think, well, I think yeah, I think he's on loan. That's a bit of a crazy. Um, kind of transfer then because I've seen that he yeah. went from Portsmouth to, to Brighton I thought he was just kind of not being played at, at Brighton but yeah so I think there was Dan Byrne did that as well I think he went to Brighton yeah he went to Brighton because he played at the weekend and then he mm-hmm. got loaned to Wigan last year Wigan it? yeah yeah. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so I've got a quick game with you um, and I've asked my, oh. asked my mates about the other night so I think it's a good question to be fair I just want, I just want to see your opinions on it um, and then I'll move on to Gary Monk in a second because it's about managers. So, mm. hypothetically speaking, Jonathan will get get sacked, right? And you've got 
You've got four managers you can choose from. You've got Pep, Mourinho, Ancelotti, and... Maybe the fourth one. Hmm. Klopp. We'll go Klopp, right? There you're four. You can't spend a penny, right? But you you can get them in. And have to work with the current squad. Who would you bring in and why? I think that's a great question. Because it's like, who would you... Because you're like, oh, well... Pep spend loads of money, but he's also bringing the best out of players. You've got Mourinho, who's just a bomb winner. Ancelotti is actually one of the most successful coaches of all time. Um, his Chelsea team in 9 or 10 were absolutely ruthless as well. Um, and you've got Klopp as well, doing bits at Liverpool, revolutionising. But you could even put Poch in there as well. But, so, uh, yeah, put Poch in there as well. Out of those five, who would you pick? I'd go immediately for Pep. I think he's the best manager. Um, obviously, yeah, Jurgen Klopp got apparently the best uh, the best coach didn't he the, uh, last night but yeah. there's there's no one that comes close to Pep he, he honestly would turn Marvin Johnson into prime Pedro okay, no, no, okay. from that iconic glass no, 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 side I was almost I was almost going to say Klopp um, until you said you can't really spend a penny I know yeah, Pep you, you can't a lot spend as a well, dime so like Pep but what I'm thinking is I mean I don't know a lot about Ancelotti in, in his style of and, and things like that um, but what I'm thinking with Klopp is the way he kind of plays and I absolutely love the gag and press but it's just we're trying to do that now and if you don't have the players to do that now then if we can't spend a penny then I'm sorry he's not going to get them out of it um, it's hard to say obviously I know without a- knowing what kind of um, <laughs> style I want to do but I feel like Pep has been more adaptable when he's had injuries to who you, you would consider his first team as he's managed to still um, win games and win games comfortably and win competitions comfortably with you know Zinchenko instead of Mendy <laughs> or putting Fernandinho centre back or I don't know it, it's just he's, he's the best manager in the world yeah full stop has to be Pep <laughs> then again Poch has also Poch has also done that where he's got the best out yeah. of players and not yeah. spent as much no when no when yeah exactly yeah um, so and and he they've also switched formations quite a lot so he's very adaptable and that's one thing that's kind of stuck with me from when Dim, uh, Dimmy was saying about that saying about just being adaptable as a manager you can come out and say you want to play whatever style just so you can please the fans but really you've got to be adaptable to I don't know injuries that arise um, you know fatigue. Um, the opposition he coming up against everything so you'd go it's going to be out of pot or pep but go on I, I'm gonna, I don't know I'm going to I'm gonna have to say well, pep ok you go pep I was going to say well I'll give you mine and then I'll let you choose you're going to go for someone completely different aren't you I'm going go, go Mourinho I was going to say that he's going to go Mourinho I think with the current squad and what we're trying to do I think Mourinho. Okay, well, he'd be. I think Mourinho would be the would be the best shot because one year I've got two ball playing centre halves. You got Shotton and Ayala. You imagine them who are trying to play Pep Guardiola's football. Like, come yeah, on, yeah. yeah I'm not, I'd have a heart attack. At twenty four year old, I'd have a heart attack. The thought of Ayala trying to do that that's, is that's my point. Um, but in terms of that, I don't know. I think Mourinho would get the best. I think Mourinho the would get a good and he would any good system. Yeah, but then there's there's always the a point. Play there's always a point with Mourinho though where he just loses it. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's the thing that goes against Mourinho for On me. The third he season breaks, as well. yeah, he breaks up the kind of the team mentality because he becomes. That's kind by Karanka, of, doesn't it? As well. Yeah, yeah. Instant success, exactly. Isn't it? But it's one of them. Like he would get 
I think all of them get annoyed at the quality of the of the players. But I think mm. Mourinho would be the first to just kind of absolutely lose it if if one of them made a mistake. He wouldn't be as forgiving as be say, like Pep. Having, uh, back though, wouldn't it? Kind of be like I don't know a little bit, and be like understanding as like ah well okay these are second division players. I need to be. I need to kind of change their mentality. Yeah, okay, okay. Mourinho might just be like... But Mourinho, to be fair, Mourinho did win the Champions League with Porto. And he won it with Inter. I mean, Porto and Inter are still still well above Borough's level. I know, but come on, man. <laughs> it's like it's like Porto winning the Champions League was absolutely incredible. So was Inter as well. They didn't mint it. I can't believe you actually did it, to be fair. Do you know what I was saying? Like, uh, Ancelotti's Chelsea, I think 9-10. team they lost against was... Mourinho's Inter, which is actually baffling. I mean, that last season, I looked at back. I looked back at their stats. Jesus Christ, they, they only they only just eclipsed eclipsed of um, by Man City. I think like the season before, it just got like one hundred and four goals plus seventy one goal difference. God, we could only dream. Won of the that. double. Um, won it all. Like Ancelotti's probably one of the most most successful managers of all time. Like he, probably, I think he's like the third one. I think yeah, I think he's third behind Fergie and someone else. Do you remember yeah, when we scored sure. about forty goals in a season in the Premier League? That I was horrible. Remember when? Do you remember when we scored forty goals in one season? I don't think we can. I can't remember the last time we scored forty. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be fair, we can't. I can't remember how many goals we. I scored. remember the, the um, one of the seasons. Um, I, I say one of the seasons. He probably won it. I got close to it a couple of years when Ronaldo won the the Golden Boot. And I remember. I think it was about March, April time. And uh, it's similar to what we said last year. You remember when uh, Neil Muppet and Saeed Benrahma and Ollie Watkins had scored 36 mm-hmm. goals between them and we scored it as a team? Well, that was the same situation in the Premier League when we played Man United in, I yeah, think, March yeah, or true. April. And we'd scored the same amount as a team as Ronaldo had scored in that season, which last year was impressive when you say three players for Brentford. This was one person. Right, it was it? absolutely... Goat. And that game, uh, it finished two all. Uh, and I think he scored in it so we were technically one more goal ahead of Ronaldo. I flattered us there. I said 40, it was 27. We scored 27 As goals in the Premier League. Like a couple of years ago. When, when was that, 2003? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit later than that. <laughs> 2016, 17. I had a good giggle at that 2003 gag this week. I couldn't stop laughing at I can it. tell by the social media posts. I know, I couldn't help it. It was that and his, uh, Elliot's Stephen Gerrard impression at the <laughs> I don't know where either of those came from. <laughs> it's just great. By the way, we still need to put the the chip van thing up. Chip van gate. Chip van gate. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I need to get some. Gate. I need to update my chi- uh, chips well, and we'll, curry we'll picture. We'll do it on Saturday because we've been waiting for dinner to get a better picture. Um, <laughs> hoping that that can get that few more percent um, <laughs> in the poll. But we all know. Get the aesthetic we right. Are, we, we do. We don't. We do like it's. It's a national dish of Teesside. People are going to vote that over gravy and chips. Gravy and chips. Uh, to be fair, I did have pork with it as well. So All right, gravy, chips, and pork. It is it, like you just got to think, boy. You've just finished work. It's Tuesday night. You're starving. Yeah, you just finished work. Chips and curry, curry, curry night. I can't. I don't think I've ever finished work without. I love chips and curry. Oh, no, I love <laughs> chips and curry. Um, no, it was the curry part actually, but then you add the chips on it, so you immediately think curry. And then so I'll you order the chips. curry first, and you get a side of chips, right? Hi, I'll have some curry sauce, please, just by itself, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll some chips to go in, please. A full tray of it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like uh, a cup? Yeah, I'll have a cup, please. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> go to Starbucks. Hey, can I have some? Uh, can I have a medium curry sauce, please? <laughs> so, do you have a picture of your gravy chips and pork? Absolutely, I do, mate. Right, okay. It's it's there and ready so to it's go. Ready, right. It's we're there, just, okay. ready to we're go. We're just waiting mate. on Dana then for mm. this match on Saturday. Shock. You watch there not be any curry after the game. I'll be fuming. Why'd you go after the game? It's pre-match ritual. No, it's post-match for me because I like to eat it when I'm walking back to the car. To cheer herself up once once I mean, we're being beaten. Yeah, I think anything to cheer yeah. watching the ball up. To be fair, well, to be fair, like um, during the game, every game has kind of become a um, a game of when is Dana gonna start stress eating during the game, and it's usually in the first half. Peanut M and M's. Yeah, well, don't eat them in front of me because I'm allergic to nuts. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, where are we going? Oh, where was actually going with this? Um, we d- we'll put the ball out on Saturday. That's what yeah, we put need to let the people know. You know what? Let's put a ball out. Do you want to do a live poll? Anyone want to do a live poll on the Pep Mourinho and Charlotte? Yeah, I'll get Yeah, we can do that, yeah. We can, we, let's, let's do it. Elle's let's chat while uh, Dana's doing that. So, Gary Monk, right? This this was the actual original point I was going to get to and, t- and what, the question popped in my head, right? A- agent Gate, you know, where like he came in, <laughs> he spent a fortune and his agent got loaded as well. Um, in terms of his signings, how would you rate them? Because... Darren Randolph's done well. You've got um, uh, <laughs> Sam Belonga. You got Fletcher. You know you got you got quite a few players in there. They've done all right. So have they been good? Have they been good signings? Or, or big? I know Big Daz is probably your favourite one, but yeah. Uh, when you look now, it's you'd say yes. Uh, I think overall we overspent um, on some of them, and even if they are valuable. Um, for maybe what we paid, it's it's the fact that you know if you were going to spend that amount of money, it was probably Steve Gibson banking on us going up that year. If you're spending that kind of money, so nine mil on Braithwaite, um, seven mil on Ashley Fletcher, five mil on Randolph, fifteen mil on British on Malong, that's a lot to spend for a championship club at the start of a season. So we should have been going up that year, um, and for us not to um, is where it's now hurting us badly. Um, you know, the, I think the one that's probably best value for money there is Randolph, five million. I think that's well, well worth it. Um, Fifteen million for a Samba Longa, even though he's, you know, probably one of our better players in the squad as well. I think fifteen million is a, a tad steep. It's a bit different because obviously market fluctuations happen, and there was no reason for Nottingham Forest to sell, so that's why it pushes up the price. Um, Johnson, at first you'd have said is, you know. Would have been a waste of money, but it's kind of looking like it's a bit better. Two mil still a bit much for a league one player at the time as well. Like, yeah, um, and F- Fletcher's the big one, and that's one that kind of came out in the in the article, wasn't it? About um, where the, I think they were looking at him at Leeds six months earlier, um, and they were offered him for uh, oh, three million, three or million, and they turned it down, and then they signed him six months later for four million more. It's just kind of right. What's going on there then? Um, and for him to not even be a starter, really, in the team. It, it absolutely baffled me, and obviously it was it's negligence, isn't it? It's kind of, you can't just come and spend clubs' money and ultimately leave them. It's a bit different because it's championship clubs, so that they, they might end up in you know financial um, turmoil a bit and you know maybe get a transfer ban or whatever and, and so on. But yeah, imagine if he was doing it at other clubs, such as Berry, for example, and you go and you, you end up closing the club down because you've overspent and you've had the manager's eyes out saying that these players are going to get you promoted or they're definitely worth this much. Some uh, some owners are not as clued in on, on the market and knowing 
the value of players and the kind of trust the managers sometimes. Um, so I think it was very poor on his part to, to do that. I said, Adena, in terms of the signings that Cameron made, um, we are you happy with like them now? Obviously, looking back, and obviously appreciate that some of the breath where it was the one where we all think, yeah, okay, maybe not. But um, so the rest of the signings, are you, are, you, are you happy with them? Because Big Daz is instrumental. Like we probably the best five million probably ever spent. Um, but also you've got the likes of well, probably the best we've ever spent. We spent four point seven million on Mark Viduka and stuff like that. So. Oh, Mark, it's a lot different then, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah, I know. Inflation, inflation all yeah. crap. But Back in when? <laughs> 2003. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Mark Fiducal probably was about 2003, yeah. wasn't it? Four. <laughs> four. Oh, four. maybe. Okay. Four, four, five. But in terms of the signings, are, are you happy with Gary Monk's signings? And do you think, or do you, are you at a point where you think, you know what, we need to strip everything out and, and start again? Well, I wouldn't say strip everything out and start again because obviously we've, like you said, Darren Randolph has been instrument, uh, instrumental. I think he's probably been the uh, the best player that that Gary Monk brought in. Um, I'm happy with him and and Britt. I think I'm only really content with Ashley Fletcher, given the money that we spent on him. I still don't think he's worth seven million pounds. Um, I'm okay with with um, Marvin Johnson. Uh, Braithwaite was an unfortunate. Um, it, you know, it, it was an unfortunate situation because when uh, Tony Pulis came in, I know at the time I was uh, up in arms about it, um, but to be fair, like you wouldn't want to play as an attacking player for Tony Pulis, so he was kind of right to yeah, want to leave. You get sold on the project, don't you, if, if he was coming to play under that manager, under that project, and three months later it all changes, it's kind of like, I mean, you still should kind of be professional about it and give your all, which he, he didn't, and that's where we kind of accused him of being wrong but obviously that could have been that could have turned out to be the next best nine million we'd spent if kind of if he scored 20 goals we got, if we got promoted that year he'd have been a fan favorite but as it turns out yeah. it didn't go that way it just unfortunately one of the most hated men's on side. well, well what, do, what would you think between him and gaston ramirez both with I, I, Gaston. I still think Gaston would be. What? No, because Gaston literally. I mean. Yes, he did purposely get sent off. Yeah, exactly. He got us to the Premier League. That's true, but then he completely kind of tainted all of that with his the way that he went about things. It was on kind the of you pitch. can get someone there, but then he got us out of it as well. He was our only outlet at the time, and our best player. Well, one of one of three, I'd say maybe. Um, and it's kind of. You know, let us down really it was it, 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 in Karanka's system a, a cam is pivotal and mm. <laughs> we lost it so and we were was, already struggling anyway when yeah. we score goals and create yeah. chances so it kind of just it, it was a it'd have been it would have been all right if we if he actually did leave in january then we replaced him but it just as it came nothing well nothing I, happened in january, i think so. gaston ramirez would still be at the football club if if the person in question didn't share his tweet or his message sorry true <laughs> oh good god there said true it's, 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 it's true, unfortunately, but... Yeah, I'm saying it. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm joking. To be fair, he is married and it's a disgrace. Um, but for me, Braithwaite. Mm. Case closed, sorry. I, I will shut this podcast down. <laughs> we do another poll later on. Yeah, we could do, yeah. All right, fine. I uh, still think Gaston... I think it's more... Braithwaite spoke a lot off the pitch, didn't he? Mm. Gaston, he was so, Gaston Ramirez was so... He was the reason we got promoted that it, year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's conflicting, Unreal. isn't it? Because he was. Unreal. But at the same time... When we needed him the most, after that, he completely downed his tools. 
Yeah, he did <laughs> get himself I off. I cannot believe that Bournemouth game. Jesus. It was that, but and also... And then the Stoke game as well, that was really, really bad. I think um, Karanka came out and basically blasted him for that. I know. To be fair, I think even like appointing Steve Agnew was just the kind of like the white flag, to be fair. And the January window as well. Like We made so many mistakes in that season. It was absolutely brutal. I can't believe what we did. How we managed to combust in the way we did, but... Banter in it. It's going all right up until Banter Boris returning once again. Yeah, I just can't believe how we were linked with Jose Rodriguez, Boya, and then who else was it? Uh, all those two players, and then we ended up with I think Guardiola. It was Snodgrass, the third one. Snodgrass, yeah, yeah. Guardiola, Bamford, and Gustav. <laughs> looking back, that is horrible. That is like I mean, it was bad then, but looking back now, it's ten times worse. Yeah, the club have got themselves to blame, really. To be honest, the whole thing like you've bought in subpar players in the January where you could you could have comfortably stayed up. We could have stayed up. Like we were, we, we, were hitting, we were hitting the um, we weren't even in the bottom three. Yeah, we were hitting till March, the, wasn't till it? March, till March. Yeah. yeah, we were hitting the sort of ten point um, average per game. So after ten games, we were on ten. After twenty, we were on twenty. Um, it just needed that one or two more wins in the next sort of eighteen. Um, on top of the, say if you were getting 10 again and then 8 38 probably wouldn't I don't know if it was enough it might have been enough that year um, but yeah if you got 38 it would have been alright we should have stayed up with that team but anyway I'll we'll move on to Sheffield Wednesday just because we've got what, 10 minutes left um, live on Red, uh, Red Army Radio um, and obviously the Red Army TV is coming on after us um, about 7.15 um, so guys Gary Monks Sheffield Wednesday um, and it's high hole Sheffield Wednesday um, I know you two have been uh, having a, a sneak peek at the game um, and, and their team, so I'm going to pass this mic over and uh, I'm going to down. I'm going to do a Gaston Ramirez. I'm going to down my tools. <laughs> See you later, Gaston. Um, yeah, I was just looking into Sheffield Wednesday a little bit. Obviously, the, it's fairly new under Gary Monk. He'll be trying to implement his uh, philosophy straight away. Um, got off to a really good start against Huddersfield. Uh, beat them two 0 um, at the moment, Stephen Fletcher is is in really good form. I was looking at um, looking down their forums, and uh, they've been really Im- impressed with him. One fan said that um, he's currently in the best form of his his career. Uh, they've also got uh, Kadeem Harris, who um, seems to be one to watch. He's got uh, two assists in two games um, under Gary Monk's management, um, and they you know they they rely on those wide players like Harris, and um, it's Jacob Murphy. We've got the uh, the name right this week. <laughs> um, they they attack predominantly down the left hand side. I think um, Bannon Barry Bannon in the middle of the pitch is for me one of the best midfielders in the league. Um, Eighteen key passes this season. Um, Borough's best in that respect is Fletcher with thirteen, and Lewis Wing is also tied um, oh. on thirteen as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's fairly new for them. They've um, got a new manager, so. You know the whole Gary Monk effect. Will he will he get a win um, back on oh, at the Riverside? We all hope not. But mm. um, I I looked into uh, some of the signings and then obviously kind of how the lineup and and stuff. Um, actually did a good bit of business. Only spent nine hundred and ninety thousand, and that was all on Massimo Luongo from QPR. Um, they got Julian. How much he cost? Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a great that's a great signing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Julian uh, Borner from actually where I was uh, living in in uh, Germany from Armenia Bielefeld. I thought when I seen his name, I recognised him, and I was saying to Dana, I thought he was somebody from Huddersfield. Um, 
as uh, as uh, I thought he was somebody from Huddersfield because obviously I know they had a lot of um, German players um, during the Premier League, but it turns out he was from Armenia Bielefeld. Um, Kadeed, Kadeem Harris, free transfer. Um, Odebajo, free transfer. Um, Some good signs. Jacob Murphy on loan. And then one guy who I don't know, um, David Bates, centre-back, 22 years old, Scottish, and he came from Hamburg, which is really weird, mm-hmm. on loan. Um, so that's sort of their, their signings this summer. And then in terms of uh, the squad, um, Dana mentioned a few of them, sort of, sort of the standout players. Um so they've got Kieran Westwood in goal. Um, people try and argue that he's best keeping the championship. You have to look at the island squad and it tells you everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, Moses Adebayo, Tom Lee, Julian Bonner, um, Lee Palmer, is it? Or Liam Palmer? Liam Palmer. Liam Palmer. Um, Kieran Lee, um, Hutchinson, Barry Bannon, Jacob Murphy, Stephen Fletcher and Kadeem Harris. So they've got pretty decent team well, looks like that. they're going to line up squad, that. in sort of a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 they've kind of alternated between them this season so um, we'll kind of see what see what transpires but kind of matching us I guess if, if they do line up like that um, obviously Reach as well but I don't know if he is he out or something it's his, I said Reach um, um, <laughs> I don't know but they, they're not rating him at the moment the Sheffield Wednesday fans right. they did say and this is something I'm going to look out for at the weekend that he does more pointing than anything else during the game Reach right. scoring goals I love that chance oh no because I'll get that I mean there was that scoring boxing goal. day last year was it when yeah. he scored and after all you heard for the whole <laughs> game <laughs> um, and Dominic he offer as well is another player that they have who can play centre back and I think right back as well so um, decent team at this level. Um, the thing Dana said earlier, ninth in the league, um, not doing too bad. They played last night against Everton, um, got knocked out two nil. Um, so they've had less rest than us. Um, I don't know how kind of how full strength they went um, or ever last night, but you know less rest than us. Maybe a bit deflated from the defeat. So I was looking at, at this stat here. They've got one of the best defenses in, in the top ten. Um, only Forest, Swansea, and Leeds have conceded less than Sheffield Wednesday. They've only conceded seven goals. Ooh. Well, it did start very well, didn't they? It was under Lee, Lee Bullen. Lee Bullen. Cr- I yeah. was surprised he didn't get the job full time. He's done remarkably well the last couple of times he's went over caretaker, and he just never got the job permanently. So, I, and that must be a preference or something because he's thoroughly deserved the opportunity to actually be the manager of Sheffield Wednesday. But you know, I, I wasn't surprised to see Steve Bruce go to Newcastle, which is. And it's hilarious because um, he's, <laughs> he's actually got the worst record in Premier League history and wow. they had 29% possession at home to Brighton and I was like Jesus Christ you need wow that, that is bad it's, was it, did it finish 0-0? 0-0 yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, honest to God it was possibly one of the worst games I've ever seen bar Cardiff kind of um, and everything else last season yeah it's honest to God maybe that's why I've got wrinkles because of um no, I was gonna, what I was going to say. Um, yeah, but Gary Monk, I think it's going to be a, a good game. I think with with him, he's going to try and bring that possession style to Sheffield Wednesday, which he tried to bring was, which it didn't really work. Um, I think we have to score first. I think we have to. It's. Um, I think if we don't, it's going to be a very, very difficult game for us, and I think we'll get beat if, if they score first. Um, I just don't think we have the ability to change games as much as we think we do. Um, yes, we did bring it back against Bristol City, but I think we're... I just don't know. I just don't... See, I can't see us bringing it back. I think they'll be too strong for us. I think 
in those areas and if they do beat us then fair enough and this is what I mean I, and this is where people have to have the patience I think and and kind of understanding I, I think of that our squad is very imbalanced mixed and simply not not good enough to be challenging at the moment he was all this bit of pessimist so especially me I've been quite negative in some of my predictions um, uh, this, this season so far but I think the draw for us this weekend is a pretty, pretty good result to be honest I think Sheffield Wednesday are a good team um, and the last few times that they've came here they've done very well against us um, their style might suit kind of them playing away when you know there's pressure on us to kind of win and attack them um, so I think I think the draw will be good for us ok yeah. let's do your lineups and predictions um, so I'd probably go back to the 4-3-3 now yep. that we're back at home um, Randolph uh, Dyke Steele Fry Shotton um, Mark Bowler yeah a left back um, Clayton Housen if fit but if not wing uh, McNair Johnson Britton Fletcher I'd make the one change and put Ayala in for Shotton okay and then that's what I was time between it's that defence um, I'd go Fry Shotton and then probably yeah the same the same team other than um, the defence score predictions I will go with a one all draw I think I think what you were saying I think if we, we need to score first and I think we will score first but I, I think it'll be one all see I'm quite optimistic for some reason I think that the game will suit us um, I don't know why but I'm just seeing a 2-0 win I'm going to say a 1-0 win crystal ball I'm doing the I'm doing Johnny optimism this year Honestly, one nil win. Or I know, like, I'm more like level-headed when we do these podcasts, and I think I'm be a bit more realistic and say we'll get beat because I think that's I actually will think will happen. But I'm gonna be optimistic in my predictions and go one nil, boy. Okay, perfect. All right, guys, thank you very much. Um, as always, guys, can you like, share, subscribe um, to the Boy Breakdown channel on um, iTunes? Give us five star rating. That helps our Boy fans. Find us, I know I say it every week, but we really do want the ratings because you know, it helps us get us up there. Um, it helps us get us found as well. Um, what else have I mentioned? Oh, yeah, if you're not following our pages for whatever, for whatever reason, um, do give us a follow. And thank you very much for everyone who follows, follows us on Twitter. We've just passed 2,000, which was a great milestone. I'm sure we'll probably double that very soon. Um, that's, that's the aim anyway. Um, but, yeah, my name is Johnny. I'm with Dana. I'm with Elliot. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Up the butter want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig it? Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out.